I know a lot of people have been asking, you know, about the mask and everything, but I, I just want you to know that I'm thankful that we can worship God uh, with a mask. We can still worship God. Amen. And so uh, I'll be talking a little bit more about this in my message, but this is the scripture that God gave us for the year. Romans 15, 13. Can we say this out loud together? Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Amen. Well, I believe this message today is going to be a message of hope, but um, it may challenge you as well. What I always like to say throughout the year is, are you teachable? Are you teachable? Because uh, that's the main thing for growth is being teachable. And um, because there's times that uh, you can say, well, I don't know if I agree with that or not. That's all right. Just put it in the back of your mind. Let the Spirit of God talk to you about it. But don't just automatically shut things off just because, nah, I don't agree with that. Uh, if I listened to about my message about 10 years ago, I, I'd shut myself off because uh, I didn't agree with everything back then. But um, Psalms 42.5 says this, When I am discouraged, why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. So I just want you to know that this is a key. It's praising God, and we'll talk more about that as well probably next week. But um, I believe that, you know, not only our nation but the world is kind of like going through a storm right now. And I don't believe God causes the storms. Just let me make sure that you hear me on that. God does not, he's not the one, the author of this pandemic. He's not the author of storms. But in life, you're going to have storms, period. I don't care if you're a believer or non-believer. You're going to have storms in life. But if you're a believer, you need to know that Jesus is always with you in the midst of the storm. And the other thing is that Jesus is always going to see you to the other side of the storm. He will make sure that you get to the other side. And, um, but I know what's going on right now that I just want to possibly open up your eyes this morning. I know the Lord is just working on me to get my eyes opened up to certain things because in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says that God says not to be ignorant of his devices, of the devil's devices. Don't be ignorant of that. And uh, I kind of feel like the church is being a little bit ignorant about that. And when I mean church, not this church. I'm talking about Christians around the world. Um, if you um, are a social media person, I, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a social media. I do get on there. I mean, there's a lot that's being said. There's a lot that's being emotional driven. And um, I think if you're not careful, which it looks like people are not being careful, they, uh, they attack one another. They attack one another. And, uh, and I know that a lot of people think that, you know, wearing a mask, you know, is um, uh, persecution of the church. And uh, I don't. Uh, is the church, is this the beginning of persecution for the church? Could be, maybe. California, I believe they're 
probably being persecuted quite a bit. Uh, the church there, they're sh- shutting it down and everything. But um, I want to get a, you to see a different perspective about what's going on in the world. And Melody and I, we, we have coffee in the morning underneath the shade tree before I usually come into the office to work. And she says, you know, the great thing about America is that we've had it pretty comfortable. We have had it pretty comfortable in our nation, and uh, especially the church. Uh, there's, there's really not been persecution as a whole in the church in America. But um, I want to show a couple of clips this morning. This first one is um, uh, a minister. Uh, his name is Francis Chain. Um, if you look him up and listen to him, he, he doesn't believe everything that I believe, but he loves Jesus. He is a lover of Jesus, and I think you can learn from anybody that loves Jesus, even though they may not believe exactly like you. I just want to preface that with that. But he's going to talk about he went to the underground church over in China. Uh, The church is mighty strong in China, even though it's a communist country. This is Francis Chain. We want to show you the clip of his uh, trip to communist China. Man, when we, were in, when we were in China, you know, we went to the underground church. I always wanted to see what is that like, what is, what is it really like? And we went to this, uh, this training uh, thing for, for, for underground uh, church leaders that, that wanted to be missionaries and go to the Middle East and everywhere else. And, you know, and the leader was saying, yeah, well, we'll take you there, but we can't take your whole family. It's just kind of crazy. It's, it, you know, it could be a little dangerous. And so I said, all right, all right, I'll just take my oldest daughter. She's the most expendable. We'll, we'll go and we'll go hang out and... So we go, we walk in, and you ever been in one of those places where it's just filled with the Spirit? Like you just walk in, you hear the prayers of the people, the, the, the singing, the crying, the weeping, the intensity of prayer, and you go, man, this is nuts. This is, an, and, and, and so I'm supposed to speak, and again, do you know how embarrassing it is to speak at places like that, where you go, I, I don't know, I don't know what you guys go through, man, I don't, I haven't touched it. And I said, can you guys please just teach me instead? Can you please tell me stories of your persecution? And they, and they, weren't, they weren't like tripping out over me. They, they're just like, why, why do you want to hear this stuff? I go, well, they, they said, everyone gets persecuted. I go, no, not everyone. I, I said, you know, not where I come from. And I said, so tell me stories. And they're telling me stories of, of government coming and, and guns going off and them running for their lives or hiding. And I'm just sitting there like a little kid just going, wow, yeah, tell me more, tell me more. And different people would just stand up. Oh, one time this happened, one time this happened. And I'm just, you know, my daughter and I, you know, our eyes are as big as mine get. You know, it's just like, whoa, you know, like, wow, this is, this is ridiculous. This is, this is insane. And and again, they were just so confused by me. They're like, why do you like this so much? And, and I go, I go, you got to understand where I come from. I, I said, see, in America, we have these buildings in our cities called churches. And we just do services in, on them and, you know, in them. And so people just, they go and attend a service. And uh, it's just like an hour, maybe an hour and a half a week. And, and if uh, another church has a better speaker, they'll switch, you know? And, uh, and I said, or if the music's better or child care's better. And this, is, this was the weirdest part of it. They started laughing hysterically. I mean, it wasn't like, ha-ha, or, oh, that's sad, or, oh, you're kidding. I mean, 
hysterically to where my daughter Rachel afterwards like, Dad, was that the weirdest thing? I go, yes. <laughs> she goes, they were like laughing, thinking you're the funniest guy on earth. They're just, <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be funny, you know. It, 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 it was just one of those times where they're laughing hysterically because they're going, how did you get that from this? Are you kidding me? I just wanted to just see that because I think God is causing the church in America to be woken up. And um, I believe very strongly that God has given us everything, but a lot of things we're just closed-minded to or we just need our eyes to be opened up. It's what's been given to us. I mean, because I know this, a lot of people... People are afraid. I mean, people are thinking that, man, they're going to shut down the church and, and they're going to close the church in America. That's the goal. They're going to do this. I have no fear that that's ever going to happen. I have zero fear. Let me say it again. I have zero fear that the church is going to be shut down in America, and I can tell you why. I base it upon biblical principles. For 2,000 years... The church has been on this planet. Communism couldn't shut it down. Uh, socialism can't shut it down. Dictators have tried and can't shut it down. The Republicans and Democrats, nobody can shut down the church in America because it's been here and always will be here. There's no government can do that. No man, no power on this planet can shut down the church. Amen. So I have no fear of that. And you shouldn't either. But you go on social media, man, they're thinking, you're going to shut down a church. First of all, if you're in fear of that, you're in the wrong camp anyway. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, especially when it comes to the church. Especially when it comes to the church. But uh, in Matthew 16, 18, it says that. It says the gates of hell are not even going to prevail against the church. So you think the government or some dictator or some person can... Come against the church? No. I'm telling you, no. Don't let fear come and creep in with you. You know, we're not going to be. I'm so thankful that we can meet. But as long as Rocky Mountain, I mean, as long as I'm alive, Rocky Mountain Family Church is going to be here. And when I'm dead and gone, there'll be somebody raised up. This church is going to go on. I don't have any fear of it being pushed underneath a rock somewhere. And let me just say this. I know I'm a grace lovey-dovey, ooey-gooey pastor. <laughs> and I, most of you don't probably know me, know me. I mean, as far as, I mean, a lot of people think I'm a, kind of maybe of a pushover. But uh, let me just say this. When it comes to time to stand against the government or against any kind of thing that will try to shut us down so you're not going to have church ever again, you're going to see a side of me that you've never seen before. We will stand. You can ask my wife and my kids. They, they've seen that side. And it may be scary to some of you, but my point is this. I believe we're, we're being led by the Holy Ghost. And you have to trust us. Hopefully you trust us as ministers that we're going to stand when we feel like, okay, now's the time. I know a lot of people think, well, man, Pastor, he's just, he's just so apathetic about so many things. No, it's not true. When it comes time to fight and to stand, we will. But I do know one thing. I'm not going to fight and be critical of my brothers and sisters. 
which I see a lot of on social media. A lot of finger pointing, a lot of criticizing. It's just wrong. It is just wrong. And let me just say, the Lord showed me this years ago, and I'm still getting a hold of it today even. He showed me, he says, Mike, you can be 100% right in your eyes, but in my eyes you're 100% wrong. You can be right on the truth and be wrong in your heart. And by that I mean this. He showed me that in Numbers chapter 12, the story of uh, Moses and his brother and sister Miriam and, and Aaron. You know, Moses was the great leader. He led the children of Israel, millions of them, out of, out of Egypt, and he was the great leader. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, Moses married a foreigner, married an Ethiopian woman. And they thought, nah, you're supposed to marry a Jew. The culture of that time, if you were Jewish, you married within the Jewish clan. Moses go, no, I'm going to marry her. Well, they just got all in an uproar about that. And they tried to discredit him because he did that. And granted, the culture of that time is he, they were right. But God looked at them and said, you're 100% wrong. 100% wrong. Trying to discredit Moses. And through that whole process, to make a long story short, Miriam got leprosy over it. And Aaron, he was the high priest, and he looked at her and he says, hey, we repent. We repent. We were wrong. We're, we're sorry, Moses. We're sorry, God. And we straightened up. And Miriam got prayed for by Moses, and everything was good. But my point is this. You can get on social media, and you can feel like I'm getting on my soapbox, and you can be 100% right. But in God's eyes, you're wrong if you're not doing it out of a love of heart, a heart of love. I get it right. You have to be motivated by love. And if you're just trying to be right and to be critical, you're going to be wrong in God's eyes. Everybody, all the other Christians, they go, yeah, brother, amen, amen. God's going to go, no, 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 I'm not amen in that. We're supposed to provoke. The Bible says this, provoke one another to good works, to love. To love and good works. That's what you're supposed to be provoking one another for. You don't provoke people just because you are wrong. There is so much criticism going on within the body of Christ. And I'm here to tell you, if you're teachable, you're wrong. Love you, but you're wrong. I just know that it's easy sometimes, depending on how you're, who you're hanging around with, and you get the same perception, and you see everything the same way they do, and you can get tunnel vision. I'm so thankful for my wife, man, because that's been me a lot of times. She'll just say, Mike, have you thought about this? And I go, well, no. She says, you may get a different uh, oversight and perception if you, if you thought about that. And I go, man, you're right. You can be wrong about people. You can be wrong about cir- circumstances and, and situations. But if you have tunnel vision and say, bless God, I'm right. I don't care. I'm bless God. I'm right. No. God is just going to go and say, you can bless me all you want, but you're wrong. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Love is always going to be here, and we have to be motivated by love, not pushing the truth down people's throat. Mm. Anyway, I know there's a lot of people thinking that, well, then I just feel like we're just being so persecuted. And um, this is my opinion. Having to wear a mask, is it a nuisance? Yeah. Is it persecution for the church? No. 
And if you think that, that's okay. I'm going to do my best not to be critical of people because there's people on social media that are saying that, and that's fine if they think that's persecution to the church. You know, okay. I'm not going to be, as a church, hear my voice, hear my heart. It's time for the church to be woken up to the fact that we need to quit being critical and judgmental of others. Even though they don't believe like us even. Even though they don't think like us even. Maybe they have a different opinion. You know, I have my friend Clint in, in Houston. He pastors down there. He called me up. He goes, what do you think about this? I said, it depends on what hour you, you ask me. I mean, one hour, you see this, Melody showed me this one documentary about this doctor, you know, how that when you're breathing through a mask, nothing changes. The very next day, she showed me another one, and it's totally different. You think, holy cow. It just depends on who you talk to, which video you watch. It's a conspiracy. No, it's true. Everybody's dying. Nobody's dying. I mean, it's just, who knows? Who knows? I don't know, but I know one thing. I'm going to love people. And I'm going to do my best not to be critical of people. Anyway, so are we being persecuted? Could the church start being persecuted? Yeah, I think California church is probably being persecuted. But I've got this next clip. This is an actual clip of of the underground church in China. And I just want you to get a, a, a different feeling about, you know, like I said, we really have it comfortable here in America. We really do. And uh, sometimes we lose sight of that. I know I do. And especially, I'm so thankful that I was raised from birth to be able to go to church if I want to. People, you you can go with nobody, uh, with a guy holding an AK-47 at the back door. We don't have to worry about that, at least now. Maybe Could it come to that? Possibly. But if it does, we'll still have church. There will be church. Amen. But anyway, we got a short clip we're going to show you here. This is the underground church in China. And then there's China. Few places in the world are seeing the explosion of God's power like the underground church in China is experiencing. And in the last 60 years, China's communist government has done its best to wipe Christianity off the map. What you are about to see is some of the rarest footage on the planet. In this church, the people wake up at 4.30 to come together for two hours to pray and worship. They do this every day. This church meets in the only place they are safe, a cave. This church meets on a farm, far away from prying eyes. Here's an example of an underground church outreach. The people sitting are Christians. The people who are standing are not. This particular preacher was once crippled, but was healed when someone prayed for her. She now preaches the good news of Jesus to anyone who will listen. In this particular meeting, over 1,000 people became Christians. Here Christians cast out demons from an 18-year-old girl. She's now a preacher. 
In Shanghai alone, there are over 3,000 house churches, just like this one. One thing Dennis pointed out to me was that most of the underground churches in China are actually led by young people. These kids have all come out of the communist system, and they want nothing to do with it. They only want to spread the love of Jesus to everybody they meet. This is a music school. Well, that's the cover anyway. It's really a training school for students who want to be pastors. The government thinks they're simply learning to play instruments. One thing I quickly realized about the Chinese church is that it's a lot different from the American one. For one thing, they think a four-hour sermon is short. In this church service, it's 120 degrees inside the building. The people meet for 12 hours straight. Dennis told me one story about a time he went to a very remote village in China to preach. He was led into a large room where the people were packed so closely together that he had his back to the wall and could reach out and touch the row in front of him. Everyone stood. There was no room to sit. He asked how long he should preach for, and they told him from 8.30 to 7 at night. Then they asked him if it wasn't too much trouble, could you come back tomorrow and preach from 8.30 to 7 again? And then, very sheepishly, they asked again, If you'd be so kind, could you come back the day after that and preach from 8.30 to 7? He asked how often he should take breaks, and they told him not to stop. The people will wait. Then he asked them what he should preach on. Everything, they replied, from Genesis to Revelation. And then it dawned on him, these people had no Bibles. We have it pretty good in America. And I just want everybody to realize that. I know that there's times that we can take church for granted. We can take for granted for us being able to meet here. Who knows, 20 years from now, 10 years, maybe next year, who knows? I mean, it could come a time when our nation wants to shut the church down. But I do know this. And every time, you can look at history for the last 2,000 years, and every time of persecution of the church, it has thrived and exploded. So I'm not worried about persecution. I'm not worried about the church being shut down. It cannot be. It cannot be. But what I am concerned about is how we treat one another with what's going on. The Bible says this in Galatians. It says, to be careful that when you argue and you're fighting with one another, that you devour one another. I believe it's in Galatians chapter 5. It says that you devour one another. You destroy one another. And that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm hearing. And I'm telling you, that's not of God. All for the sake of, of you know, I, I want to make sure that my, what I believe is heard. If what you believe is heard and you're tearing down people, you're wrong. You are totally wrong. So let's quit being ignorant of what the devil is trying to do. What I see him being done is divisive, being division. What the enemy is trying to do is divide people. 
Listen, of all times for the church to come together, this is a time when we need to stand together in love and unity. It's a time when we need to stand together. And I know people, they say, well, pastor, you know, I hear things through the grapevine. And sometimes I don't even hear it through the grapevine. I hear it face to face. But anyway, you know, when people sit there and go, well, what mountain you You don't stand on a political mountain. You don't stand on that mountain. You don't even stand. I tell you what, I don't even stand on a doctrine mountain. You go, what do you mean by that? I know this. There's been so much division in church history and even to today, you know, like, well, do you believe in the rapture? You don't believe in the rapture. You believe in it or you do? I tell you, if you don't believe in a rapture, I'm not going to go to that church. Yeah, that's, it's Jesus plus the rapture gets you to heaven. That was sarcasm, by the way. No, but I mean, uh, well, you believe in what's saved, always saved. You believe in healing. You know, I believe in healing. Well, you can't, but I tell you what, it's my grandmother just, she believed God and she was the most gully person I know and she died. Well, sweetheart, I mean, we don't make our beliefs on what people go through. Are you hearing me? Doesn't matter what happens to me, to Andrew Walmack, Billy Graham, brother, anybody you want to name, if they die, you sit there and go, well, look what happened to them. That doesn't change what the Bible says and teaches and what the heart of God is. It does not. Well, what mountain are you willing to stand? I mean, there's people who believe this and there's people who believe that. How about grace and law and you preach grace and you know all this? Well, listen to me. I refuse to go to any mountain because I've already died on a mountain. It was called Mount Calvary. I'm not going to stand on any mountain but that one, and that one I'm already dead. I, I died with Jesus and Paul. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Christ died on Mount Calvary. That's where you and me died. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it is not I that liveth, it is Christ in me. And the life I now live by, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not even my own faith. It's His faith that arises within me. So listen, let's be strong on that mountain. And I'm already dead to that mountain. That means I can't be so... uh, What's the word? I, I don't want to be attacking people because of the mountain they're standing on. Go ahead, stand on it. I'm not telling anybody to compromise. This is not a message of compromising. This is a message of making sure that whatever truth you want to stand on, whatever mountain you want to stand on, you better make sure you're doing that a motivation of love. Not even trying to change people's heart and mind. Let's just get real. The majority of people that you're trying to change, you're not going to change them. (laughs) Ah, hallelujah. We've been crucified. I think it's just time for all of us to wake up, to wake up. Love never fails, never fades out, becomes obsolete, it comes to the end. 1 Corinthians 13, that's the amplified version. It doesn't. We need to start looking at what's motivating you. What is motivating you? Because if it's outside of love, you're being motivated by the wrong thing. And that's just open up our eyes. Man, I mean, that, that just touches my heart. I saw so many videos and YouTube videos. I was just doing all kinds of research. And this one guy, he had a big, he lived in a high-rise apartment complex in China. And, man, there was people coming to this 
uh, Bible study of his, and he was getting, you know, a little concerned because you get found out. He said there was this one guy that got found out. He spent 28 years in prison for preaching the gospel. 28 years of being in prison. And I'm pretty sure their prison's not like ours that has HBO and three meals a day. You get to go on a education, get a college degree while you're in prison and, and, you know, work at the weight room and all of that. Nah, I'm pretty sure they don't have that in China, just saying. 28 years in prison. He said that he would kiss his wife because, uh, and, and they would look eyeball to eyeball and, and, and say, I hope to see you this afternoon when I get home from work. Every day. Why? Because there is a high possibility that he would not get to come home if he was found out. He'd go to work every day, and he didn't know he was going to be home at night. We don't have that problem. Could it come to that? Possibly. I don't know. But this is what I also notice about the underground church. This is what was impressive more than anything. Not one of them sit there and go, we're so persecuted. We're just really persecuted. I mean, you know, this persecution is just terrible. It's just really terrible. It's like what Francis Chain, when he talked to him, they just thought like, you mean it's not like that in America and all over the world? They don't persecute the church? No, they don't. They didn't say, oh, poor me, because they were being persecuted. It was like they just had an honor, like, man, we're living for Jesus. This is awesome. This is great. You know, and we're told you have to wear a mask. Bless God, I tell you what. I'm sorry, but listen to me. This is the thing. If people have a strong stance about the mask or not the mask, don't point your finger at them. Just stop it. Don't. Is it really worth battling over? I don't think so. Is it really worth, uh, if you are, that's fine. But I'm just saying that let's quit being critical of people. Let's stop being critical of people. Especially, man, believers, we're supposed to be together. If believers don't want to wear a mask, if believers say, you know, it's, it's my constitutional right, I understand that. But let's just love one another in spite of it. How about let's spit the devil's face and sit there and say, I'm going to love you no matter what. The only doctrine that Paul said is the good news is this. Jesus Christ, him crucified and resurrected, that's what we stand on. And I think all the church around the world, if you're Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Assembly of God, Pentecostal, we can all agree upon that. So why split hairs and have churches split and over different denominationals in what these believe and what that believes? Let's come together and say, you believe in Jesus crucified and resurrected? You're my brother and sister. I can stand with you on that. I don't believe, well, you know, I, I don't believe in all that healing that you preach, Pastor. I don't believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. That's fine. Just keep coming. You hang around a muddy pond long enough, you'll slide in. The good news is this. If you never agree with me, you can take it to the bank. I'll still love you. I'll still love you. I just know that God has put the, the love of God in all of our hearts. We have the ability to love people, and specifically, we have the ability to love people that disagree with us. It's 
human love, natural love, to love people that you agree with. But there's a God love that's been deposited inside of us. And that God love has the ability to love people who not only disagree with you, but literally hate you. Jesus was on, he displayed that love. Being nailed to a cross. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. That's the same love you and I have and possess today. So if you understand that, now let's believe God to open our eyes for that to be manifested out here. By this, the world will know that you're my disciples for your love for one another. Let's open up our eyes. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be manifested that we start loving people that hate us, that ridicule us, that are critical of us. The world's going to be, they will be astounded of that kind of love. And you know what? It's what they're looking for because there's so much hatred, so much division. I mean, it's like our, our nation's going through another civil war. The first one was real, people were willing to die for it on good causes. This one, it's just, um, I want to say it, but my wife will be upset. Stupidity. A lot of just stuff going on. Let's stand up and rise together and show the world that we are people of love. And we're going to love people no matter what. Are you with me? Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I believe God's going to shine bright in this time. I believe that he's going to use us all. But I believe he's just wanting our eyes to be woke up what's truly been deposited inside us. There's great things inside us. Ephesians 3.20 says that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power, not up in heaven, according to the power that is in us. You have great power inside of you. Man, I've been praying this. I said, God, I'm just believing for this power that you placed inside of Mike Davis to start being manifested outside of Mike Davis. Years ago, I used to pray for the power in heaven to come down. And God said, it's already down. I just want more power. You got all the power you need. Do you need more power than Jesus being resurrected from the dead? I don't think you need any more power than that. That's all the power there is, and that's living in you, Mike. Good news is it's living in you too. So we have this power within us. Let's start believing for that power to be manifested outside of us. Power to change people's lives is inside of you. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. That eyes are being opened. Hearts being changed to see things differently that we are the church nothing can come against the church we are victorious now we were when Jesus was raised from the dead and we always will be victorious thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph through Christ that's what your word says God thank you for manifesting that victory in our lives in our city and in our nation it's being manifested, the love of God. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name.
Amen. To the power that is in me. He surrounds me with favor and inspires me to be a blessing. I am blessed. Are you blessed? Say amen. God bless you. We'll be out in the parking lot. If you want to talk, we'll be out there. If you need prayer, amen.